Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. This process is producing results. It's important, and we hope that it can continue. Um, at the same time, I look forward to detailed conversations with the government uh, of Israel um, about uh, the way ahead in Gaza. The ceasefire is providing results, is it? I have three Israelis dead at the hands of Hamas in Jerusalem. Tell me more about how the ceasefire is working out well. How did, how could one even begin to say this? This was Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, with uh, the President of Israel. The President of Israel is more of a ceremonial uh, position, but lately has been very involved in the public relations conversation. You have two... Hamas terrorists who murdered three Israelis. That was this morning. And the ceasefire is going well. The ceasefire isn't going well. And there is no international push to get Hamas to stop the murder. They can do anything according uh, to the globe. Certainly anything according to the absolute filthy, despicable so-called protesters in New York, who wanted to stop a Christmas tree lighting, they're carrying flags with swastikas on them, and the press acts like nothing's happening. I don't know who said it. Um, uh, Five Proud Boys get together on a street corner. It's front page news. A couple of thousand people or more scream for genocide and compare Israel to the Nazis, and it doesn't make a news outlet anywhere. There is so much pro-Hamas support out there. It boggles the mind. At least it does for people who haven't spent any time thinking about it. And we should be clear, it's pro-Hamas support. And all of this, and I'm going to get into this specifically about women. Oh, oh, you thought the feminists were on your side. You thought yourself a feminist. That's adorbs. We will get into it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. I have a couple people in that social media world who want to tell you that uh, Hamas is right, or they want to uh, say that, the, you know, free Palestine, but they can't describe it. But no one is, has actually engaged the debate. Make the argument that Hamas is right. Go on. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. And to be clear, I'm going to ask you if you think the murder of 1,200, 1,300 people, the rape of women, the burning of of children alive, and the kidnapping of four-year-olds and four-month-olds 
um, or is it a 10-month-old? See, there's such a difference. Whether or not you think that that's okay. I'm going to ask that question. If you then respond with, well, do you think it's okay that Israel... Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is what Hamas did. Everything else is in response. Let's talk about what Hamas did. Well, they didn't do it in a vacuum. This is what they did. Are you okay with it? We're going to start there. I'm letting you know my opening hand, my opening salvo into all of this. But as we have been been discussing, uh, us more than, than anybody, this is, of course, a Western civilization conversation. This is about us. But how in the world does anybody make the argument that this truce is producing results? If you mean that Israel is getting their people back, getting hostages back, I, I can see that. I think that that's a fine argument. But as uh, that's that should be the baseline. As a matter of fact, it should have been the United States trying to get their own people back, putting something to the head of Hamas and to Iran saying, we're not playing a game with you. Back in 12 hours or else. You have allowed... Nearly 60 days to go by. 60 days. Now you say to me, well, Reagan, Reagan had uh, hostages. Well, first of all, it wasn't Reagan. It was Carter. Uh, so we're clear. Carter allowed hostages uh, for, for over a year. Then Reagan took office. And then magically they were all freed. If you want to know if peace through strength is real, Go back to that moment in time, then realize why yes, why yes it is. Now, again, I I ask if anybody thinks this is is going well. And does anybody uh, really recognize, are we all in recognition of the level of of pro-Hamas support that is really out there? And what does it say about us? This is a conversation about us. This is a conversation about whether or not the society we have is actually moored to a reality that creates value. The answer is, I say no. Meanwhile, the ceasefire will continue for another day. Eight more hostages will be freed tonight. Now, Israel has stated that they, uh, on Sunday, plan on on moving forward with their their attacks. They're going to move forward. Uh, there's a report that the Hamas leader, Sinwar, has stated the leaders of the occupation should know October 7th was just a rehearsal. So Israel engages all the restraints in the world because their people matter to them, and Hamas is only hell-bent on more destruction. Yet I have total lowlifes, whether it be uh, in New York, whether it be in my beloved Indianapolis, Screaming from the river to the sea. I'm sorry if you're if you're singing for genocide. You're a low life. You're a low life. You are what you are. I don't know why. Why would this even be something that's that's questionable? 
Singing for genocide, I assume, I we may not have met in person, but I assume you and I have a couple things in common, and if someone is singing for genocide, we would probably put them low on our list of people we consider decent, but high on the list of people we consider garbage. This would be my bet. And yet we see it in New York constantly. We see it everywhere. And now we see Israel willing because they know it's going to hurt them. And I am concerned about that hurt. It's going to hurt them to allow Hamas this time to to rearm and, and regather strength. But they want to get their people back. It's going to hurt them. And the people who it's going to help They're hell-bent on more death and more destruction, and they murdered three Israelis today. The world isn't going to say, you know, we've had enough of your crap. Nope. Joe Biden caved to the Hamas squad. The Hamas squad has won this argument. Notice the pro-Israel Democrats are nowhere to be found. No one's talking to them. They're not making any noise. They're not having their own rallies. They're not doing their own events. They're not engaged in gathering on the steps of the Capitol. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, they were all outraged in the beginning. They're nowhere to be seen right now. They're afraid of the squad. They can't take on Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. They can't take on Andre Carson and Jamal Bowman. And in the streets of New York, they try and light the Rockefeller Christmas tree. And here come the pro-Hamas folks to try and end it. One guy in New York's got an American flag with him, and he's getting attacked by people trying to steal the flag. The police had to escort him out the area. You get escorted out while you're holding an American flag? What are we all? Are are we all insane? This is the backwards nature of where we are right now. Where the people who were attacked are told that they're guilty and the people who do the attacking get a pass. That is a backwards culture. And that backwards culture is coming for Western civilization as fast as they can. And we've got people dead silent. I bring it up and I'm going to get into more of it. First to share where we are uh, in, in, in this, uh, where the Israelis are. Where the United States is trying to apply pressure, which I think is mistaken. And exactly what it is we're dealing with. Because as we know, this doesn't just involve Israel. This doesn't just involve Jews. This is about us. This is about you. This is about your Christian kids and my Jewish kids. This is about us and we. Anybody who says otherwise, they're the ones who are after you and me. No one, no progressive will will survive. There will be no decision making. Hey, uh, we put terrorist cells in the United States, but before engaging bombing and destruction, we asked uh, anybody here a progressive. Okay, you can go. You can go. No, 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 conservative. You stay. Then the bomb goes off. They, they they didn't check who was who when they killed and raped and burned alive the people at the Rock Festival, and they're not going to do it in the U.S. This isn't just about Israel. It isn't just about Jews. It's about Western civilization. This is a reminder. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Also breaking this noon, the Warren County Health Department is sounding the alarm about an outbreak of pediatric pneumonia. The county is reporting 142 cases since August, which the department describes as an extremely high number. The department has an ongoing investigation of possible links or risk factors, but so far they've found no definitive common thread. Symptoms to watch out for include cough fever and fatigue. The department is reminding families to take precautions to protect your child's health. That means washing your hands 20 seconds with warm water, covering your cough, sneezing into your elbow as well. And then this was probably the easiest one. Stay home when you are sick. That's the thing to do for sure. The reason I bring this up is, is that we've been following the story about China. This story about this massive surge uh, that they've had in their hospitals in Beijing and then to the, to the, to the north, children, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. And they said, well, look, it's known pathogens, known viruses. It's, it's, it's no big deal. To which we said, uh, we're not about to believe you, you lying bastards. I believe that's, that was what was said. Uh, it might be a little bit lost uh, in, 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 in translation uh, right there. It, it, it could be. I, I could be, uh, you know, a bit off on that. Um, it's, uh, is, is it possible that something from China is in the state of Ohio. This is Warren County, Ohio, where they're having this. The answer is, I don't know. Here's what I know. This is not me diagnosing your kid or your life at all. Here's what I know. Everybody I know is sick or knows somebody who is. Everybody I know. That is a purely anecdotal statement. I agree. I am not a doctor, although I have really good doctor music. That's Doogie Hauser. I also have really good lawyer music. And of course, really good taxi music. It's actually from the show Taxi. It's um, it's just noticeable. And I have friends who are adults, right? Friends, of, of course, they're my friends. Um, uh, clogged ears, clogged noses, uh, sinus issues. Kids. My kid's home. It was a cough. Now I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh, well, maybe we'll have a chat. And people are like, oh, my gosh, your kid has a cough. It's COVID. Could you all just settle down? The, the reactionary part of this is so nuts. 
Awareness is different than being reactionary. If there's uh, something happening, like, for example, they've got this cluster of pediatric pneumonia, I think that's very interesting. And when I see what has happened in China, uh, it, it's, I think, kind of natural to say, wait a second, do these two things correlate? Part of the problem is you can't get honesty out of China, which is why when they say, well, this is just regular stuff, regular pathogens, regular virus, no big deal. I don't believe you. If we know anything, it's that China is going to lie. I am inevitable. It's inevitable that China will lie. But I, I share it because that's happening, and now this thing in, in Warren County uh, is, is happening. But when people are like, oh my gosh, my kid has a cough, it's been four hours, I immediately have to rush to a hospital. You don't. Do we not remember that we used to get sick as kids? I was explaining to my youngest that I went through this as a kid, and there I was in my parents' bedroom watching Prices Right on a 24-inch color TV, drinking ginger ale through a bendy straw, saying, this is the life. Oh, oh, the, the time. Don't get me wrong, I was sick, but oh. Oh, there was there was saltines, there was a compress on the head, and there was ginger ale at the ready. Oh, it was it was and my parents had the, the king bed. I was oh I could I could roll this way, I could roll that way. It was it was fantastic. Fantastic and my parents, uh true story. My parents had foil wallpaper. This is not a joke. Foil wallpaper, that was my Biden impression right there. Foil wallpaper that had, um, would have like a design of the of the fleur-de-lis, right? The, the Saints, right? Logo. And it was done in like this, this raised fabric. And they picked it because they wanted a bedroom that reminded them of a French bordello. Oh yeah, I grew up differently than you did. I just want to say that for the record. I grew up much differently than you did. Um, this about the pediatric pneumonia in Warren County, keep a little bit of an eye on that. Meanwhile, Kroger is getting sued Two proposed federal class action lawsuits. There was an investigation done that say the grocery chain Kroger disclosed private data through its online store and its pharmacy. Planted a bug on its website, which includes an online pharmacy, and was looking over the shoulder of each visitor for the entire duration of their website interaction. The bug refers to the Metapixel and other trackers Kroger used on its website. So you're telling me that if people went to Kroger and were utilizing the pharmacy and wanted to get some medicine or were looking something up, that information got transmitted to Meta, which is Facebook, so Facebook could then serve them ads based on that? Um, you know, I'm never a guy to say uh, that there should be a law, but holy hell. That's gross. And no, Meta, you're not entitled to this data. And no, Mark Zuckerberg, you're not a decent guy. I mean, I have moved all of my video work out of out of Facebook. Everything now is at TonyCats.com or, or, or Rumble. Of course I moved it out of Facebook. 
I'm not, I'm not spending money with these people. I'm not trusting these people. It means that I'm going to grow slower in my digital footprint. So be it. These people are awful. And they're not entitled to the data. And yet we have yet to conclude that we should be forceful about not giving them the data. But there's an entire generation that's like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. I know people of younger generations who would happily put a chip in their arm to pay for things because it would just make things easier. Well, you can be tracked with it. I don't care. I'm not going anyplace bad. If you're not going anyplace bad, it doesn't matter. That is, if we want to talk again about Western culture being broken, that right there. This is Tony Katz today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So note my confusion which I see as a series of conflicting numbers. And I think that many people would consider also these to be conflicting numbers at the first, at the quick. Maybe people who are in the know, smarter than I am, don't see it as conflicting. They see it as well telling a story. But when you show me that the Eurozone, meaning the European uh, world, uh, they see infl- inflation sinking to 2.4%, which was below expectations. You think that inflation is working its way down. But then you see that in the United States, that what the Fed views as their quote-unquote favorite gauge shows inflation up 0.2% and 3.5% from a year ago, 0.2% in the month of October. You're like, Europe is going down, but we're going up. And I'm told that a lot of people went holiday shopping, and now I've got the Wall Street Journal telling me that consumers pulled back on spending in October. Was that so they could make it up with Black Friday deals? Or am I not getting the full story on the Black Friday deals? This is our confusion, and we got to work our way through it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Dr. Matt Will joins us. He is an economist at the University of Indianapolis, a professor, a man who tries to teach younger people how to be smart. Let's start with what's going on with inflation in Europe. Eurozone inflation sinks to 2.4%. Core inflation fell to 3.6% from 4.2%, providing fuel for expectations, as CNBC writes it, that the European Central Bank might engage rate cuts. What's happening in Europe? Well, first of all, they're not going to engage in rate cuts. That's that's, that's silly speculation because the addicts on Wall Street want lower rates. But what's happening in Europe is what's not happening here. They actually have laws that say how much you can deficit spend. Now, countries like Greece violate it all the time. Uh, currently, France is violating those rules. But there are rules that a country in the European Union cannot spend more than, I think it's 3 or 4% of their GDP on debt every year. They can't go deficit spending. So they're actually trying to get it under control. The central bank is telling France and other countries, cut your spending. So there's actually a concerted effort. I don't know if it'll succeed, but there's an effort to control spending in Europe by the government. That's not happening here. So Europe, 
led by Germany, by far the biggest and most powerful economy in that continent, is under control more than we are. I was told by the Biden administration, Dr. Will, that other nations dream of having our economy, that our inflation is lower than theirs. They wish it was this low. Now I'm being told that their inflation is lower. How did that switcheroo happen? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I don't understand math because Biden believes that 2.4 Europe is higher than the U.S. 3.5. So 2.4 is higher than 3.5. This is new math. This is socialist new math that somehow 2.4 is higher than 3.5. I, I don't know what world we're living in, but this is the world we have. But it, but it goes to this conversation of there's a manipulation of data. When Joe Biden and his team make this argument, and I've discussed this on this show, that no one cares what the situation is in Europe. They, they don't care what that is. They care about what's happening at their kitchen table. So it's interesting to hear them squawk about being lower than Europe when right now they're not because we're being told that the personal consumption expenditures price index, which is a mouthful, young man, excluding food and energy, rose 0.2% for the month and 3.5% on a year-over-year basis. This, according to the Commerce Department. Explain to me what this is. Well, this and you don't want to look at the point two number. You want to look at the point three, which is disposable personal income. It's how much you have in your pocket to spend. If you have income, but it's taxed or taken away from you, that's not really the relevant number. So it's more the, the point three number if you look at the report. That's simply the amount of money that citizens have in their pocket to spend. And the amount of stuff that they buy with that money is up 0.3% annualized. That's, you know, 3.6%. So it's, it's the CPI, which we always talk about, Tony, that's okay. But this is what the Fed really looks at. They like to look at this number because it is what you, the person on Main Street, has and what you're spending. So it's a much more accurate number, in their opinion, and in mine. So you call it a more accurate number. Let me give you a little bit of what we know. Goods prices, the things that we buy every day, saw a 0.3% decrease while services rose 0.2%. International travel, healthcare, food services, and accommodations. And in goods, gasoline did grow and then other things went down. This number, though, you're calling it 0.3% because you're talking about 3.5% from a year ago. That's where you get the 0.3 number, correct? Yes. So the question is, why is this gauge, which, uh, again, um, the personal consumption expenditures price index, why is this a gauge that the Fed likes more than uh, just uh, unemployment numbers? Well, again, you know, let me let me say one thing. We probably spend too much time microanalyzing the numbers. We probably need to wait and look over a few months what the trend is. That's much more meaningful than looking at a, at a snapshot. And that's what the Fed does. The Fed looks in a snap or over time. They don't look at one microscopic number. And they like this number, like I said before, because it is truly reflective of what's in your pocket and what you're spending. The CPI comes from this basket of goods. I think they created it in 1972. I think the stuff we're purchasing today is different than 1972. So the Fed says, we don't care what you're buying. Let's just see what you're spending. We don't care what you're spending it on because the CPI is a basket of goods. Like maybe VCRs are in there. I don't think so, but it's a basket of goods. 
Disposable income is the cash in your pocket and what you're spending. And that trend, if you look at the current dollar, PCE is going up. It's been 0 0.4, 0 0.4, 0 0.3. It's not in a good direction. It was half that number five months ago. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. And I said, by the way, I said unemployment numbers. I meant consumer price index, producer price index. I, for whatever reason, said unemployment. I apologize for that. Talk to me why this is this is bad. Personal consumption expenditures. This this would signal to to me that people are buying stuff. That should be a good thing. You're arguing that they're spending more for the stuff. Yes, and in fact, the Wall Street Journal agrees with me, and Amazon disagrees. You you cited this the other day when we spoke, and you just said it a few moments ago. The Wall Street Journal. This is confusing. We always talk about this. It's a confusing economic picture right now that the Wall Street Journal says October spending, holiday spending coming up, it's not as robust as we thought. Yet you heard the other day Amazon saying, oh, the best Cyber Monday they've ever had in history. What's, what, how do we reconcile the two? It's very simple. I've seen this for decades as I do interviews on this. Every holiday season, the retail establishment wants you to be optimistic so you'll buy. Amazon is misleading you. The you know, retail federation, shopping federation, they're misleading you. You have to look at the actual numbers after the holiday season, and the first look from the Wall Street Journal is not good. The story in the Wall Street Journal was uh, consumers pulled back on spending in October, and yes, indeed, you heard uh, that there were more Black Friday shoppers than ever, but what I could not get an answer to is, did the shopper actually get more, or were they just spending more for what they got? Do, I mean, I'm at, that's, I think that's the right question, Dr. Will. I think I'm on to something there. Do we have an answer to that yet? Of course it's the right question. It is the exact right question. And do you honestly expect an answer from companies whose yes, entire business I is you spending money Yes, I do, because I am retail? a naive child who believes that everybody is truthful. Well, no? I can't account for your naivete. But talk to me. I mean, isn't that, when, when you say it's the exact right question, why should people be looking at this and how do we get the answer? You, you won't get the answer until January or February when the Department of Commerce releases the holiday shopping data because the National Retail Federation, which is a big dog, and Amazon, which is a big company, they want you to believe things are great. And you would too. If you're running a company, you want your customer to be optimistic and excited and come in and spend money. So they do it every year. Every year they come out with a preliminary forecast that's great and they tell you things are wonderful and you should be spending lots of money because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, but they're just full of, they're, it's just bogus. They're leading, they're good, it's marketing versus facts. And I warn people not to be bought into the marketing, pay attention to the facts. So now let's talk about the facts. The holiday season is here. We have seen a slight slowing of uh, the inflationary uh, numbers, although we certain not, certainly have not seen inflation go down. Uh, you have seen that the futures, 52% uh, of those surveyed, see interest rates possibly coming down nearly a full percent in, in 2024. You've seen the markets go up over the last four weeks, and we might now have five weeks, depending on what happens over the next couple of days, five weeks of an up market. It would signal to a person, a layperson, right, just watching from the outside, that things are better. 
How do you then explain to that layperson, or 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 do you, that they're not really better? I mean, are, are it, it, I guess asked a different way, maybe with a little more clarity. Do the numbers that we're being told match up with the experience that Americans are having? Okay, are you ready for a curveball? Sure. Um, the numbers aren't that bad today. Today, they're not that bad. In fact, this morning, the Chicago PMI came out, and we talk about this, I talk about it every month, and tomorrow is the national PMI. The Chicago is the production manufacturing index. How much is the production of goods in this country growing or shrinking? It's been shrinking for 15 months. The number came out today, the Chicago preliminary index is up from an expected of 46 to 55. Instead of shrinking, that number shows the economy is growing 5% versus shrinking the expectation was four. That blew me away this morning when I saw that report. That is a very pos- positive report. Is it an anomaly? I hope not, but Wait. that is a very positive report. So I can't tell people the data is negative. Today, the data is good. Well, I don't want to tell people something just to tell them. I want to tell them what, what, what is. The, this, this was the GDP up 5.2%, correct? That's what no, you're no, 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 not to? GDP. The PMI. PMI is the Project uh, Purchasing Managers Index. It's it's a private number that's similar to GDP. And it it shows. Give me those numbers again, just to make sure everybody has. Them. Okay, so fifty is like stagnant economy. Under fifty, shrinking. Above fifty, growing. The Chicago report was fifty five today. The expectation was forty six. The Chicago number has been down under fifty for fifteen months in a row. The national number has been down twelve months in a row. The national number comes out tomorrow. So it leads me to a question of the Fed has been trying to cool down the economy. Doesn't this go the other way? And therefore, the Fed says, well, I guess we're not cutting interest rates anytime soon. And in fact, as soon as as that report came out this morning, as soon as it happened, the 10-year Treasury went up. So I'm not crazy. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but let's just say that the report, you're accurate in your interpretation of the reaction to the report. But that brings us back to the question overall. Is this economy in a better place? Uh, or, 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 or Do you see a trend to a better place, or do you only see some snapshots in time that say, this is better, time will tell whether or not it actually gets better? That is the correct statement. That last statement you made is the correct statement. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, Dr. Matt Will, W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will, on the X Twitter box. I appreciate you taking the time. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Why is Donald Trump calling Nikki Haley a puppet of the GOP? Puppet GOP candidate. Put this in a fundraising email. What's the, what is the win there? Now, I, 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 will, I will say to you, I, I will state quite clearly that Trump is up in polls by 50 points. He can say anything he wants. It's crazy how far ahead he is in this polling, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 
but the idea that you would call Nikki Haley a puppet brings attention to Nikki Haley, who got the Americans for Prosperity endorsement, which, again, I mean, I, I do work with AFP. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why they jumped in the race on this one, but they did. I mean, I assume they, they looked at data and they, and they said to themselves, she's got the best chance to beat Biden in general. Let's go support the person who has the best chance to beat Biden in general, which is, you can argue, a sound argument, except for a group that's really based on activists. The activist class isn't with Nikki Haley. So it's, it's a very odd, odd maneuver right there. But no, never mind that. He's up by this massive number. Calling her a, a, a puppet, all it does is let people talk about Nikki Haley. Is the argument they're talking about Nikki Haley? They're not talking about Ron DeSantis and that's what he really wants? Or is it the argument that it's Trump? This is what he does. Move on. Trump's going to punch where he punches as he's going to punch and that's the end of the ballgame. That's what he's going to do. And it doesn't matter because it's not like he's going to lose support for it. When you're ahead by 50 points, 50 points, do you really worry about anything? And then, of course, you've got guys like me who are like, yeah, he's up in the polls in 50 points. Uh, I want to see what happens uh, in Iowa. I, and I, I am. I'm looking at it that way. Here's what Trump wrote. The globalist Coke fake network. <laughs> the globalist Coke fake network Americans for China prosperity. Oh, holy hell. Who constantly admit that they did better in business under President Trump than ever before have decided to back Nikki Birdbrain Haley over Ron DeSanctimonious, a minor hit for Ron. I was never in the running because I'm all about making America, not the outside world, great again. Uh, it's, oh, good Lord. Good Lord, but I think the story is, uh, will, do I think it's weird? Yes, I, I do. I, I think it's weird. It's a weird, odd, awkward thing because I do think that it kind of elevates Nikki Haley. I think it's just a weird, I, I think it's just a weird thing to do. But while I think it's weird, it, it could be nothing more than what it is, which is, okay, Trump took his hit on Nikki Haley. Now he's moving on to the next thing. When you're up by 50, you can kind of get away with anything you want. I think that's I think that's the response. It's weird. It does kind of elevate her. But in the end, he doesn't care. Because the numbers tell him he doesn't have to care. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. There's not a scintilla of evidence that Republicans have produced to show that President Joe Biden has engaged in wrongdoing an impeachable offense, or in any way has broken the law. Why? Because there is no evidence that exists to implicate 
President Joe Biden in anything nefarious. President Biden is a good man. He's a good and decent and hardworking man. And that's been his entire life in public service. Was he a good, decent, hardworking man when uh, he was uh, leading the, uh, the confirmation regarding Clarence Thomas? Was he a decent, hardworking man when he talked about uh, busing and creating a racial jungle in, in, in schools? Uh, was he a, a hardworking, decent man when um, uh, uh, Kamala Harris accused him of being a segregationist before she decided to join the ticket? Come on, Hakeem Jeffries. There are some questions there that might need some answering. Also, I had not heard the full clip until just now. Sometimes I like to, to, to do it with you. Um, that was off the top of my head. Was he a good man when he told America, uh, black Americans, that if you don't know if you're going to vote for him or Trump, then you're not really black? Was it, was, is, is that what's good? Was, was, was that the good? Oh, then, of course, there's all the money. Then, of course, there are people who have been investigating who find these payments from China really questionable. But he's a good man. Sure. Whatever it is you say. Was he a good man when he had classified documents hanging around his garage? Guys, I could just keep going. Somebody get me a bourbon. We could do this for days. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669-833-GOT-TONY. That's your argument? He couldn't have done this. He's a good man. That's like when they speak of every serial killer. He's he was so quiet and kept to himself. What do you, this is this is not a defense, Congressman Jeffries. Good lord! Uh, speaking of people who don't have a defense, uh, you've got um, uh, Congressman George Santos, uh, soon to be former Congressman uh, George Santos. It, 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 it won't last long. It won't last long. And this is uh, Representative uh, Maliotakis of New York on CNN discussing uh, the expulsion, the coming expulsion of George Santos for lying and and stealing uh, uh, donor dollars and misrepresentations. Oh, my. You voted not to remove Santos last time. Will you be changing your vote after this um, really scathing ethics uh, investigation? Yes, I believe the earth is round and that George Santos uh, needs to go. And look, the, the previous vote, you had Republicans and Democrats vote against it simply because we were waiting for the ethics to do its due diligence, to do the due process and come back and furnish the report so we could see what type of evidence and facts they were able to find. That is what we requested of the Ethics Committee early this year. And it was premature to be voting on an expulsion before getting the results of their investigation. But following the r- report being released, I don't see how... Uh, somebody can vote to keep him here. I mean, it is clear they found the evidence and the facts and produced it to us that he uh, took money from his campaign donors and used it for personal reasons. And uh, the argument that uh, this will be, um, you know, he'll, he needs his day in court. Yes, he will have his day in court as it relates to the criminal charges, the 23 charges that you mentioned earlier. But he had due process as it pertains to expulsion and whether he should remain in the House. Yeah. Any argument that uh, Santos is making that somehow he's been treated improperly is is a is a non-argument. 
It, it doesn't exist. George Santos is going to go. And then there was this crazy exchange. I think, oh, by the way, Santos is referring to the fact that he's being bullied. Bye. It's going to happen. And I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, but I assume it's going to happen uh, today. Then there was this. Uh, Michael Schellenberger is a, uh, is a journalist. And he is one of the people who, I uh, remember when we were doing the Twitter files and everything um, that, uh, uh, that Twitter was doing to silence uh, conservatives and others. And he's one of the people who had this data and was engaged in these, in these conversations. Um, and, and he's able to put together the data very well. Well, he has been doing a, a lot of uh, presenting to Congress. He's, uh, you know, called in front of committees and, and subcommittees. Can you answer this? Can you explain that, the other? And so he's in front of one of those committees today and asking him questions is Congressman Dan Goldman. Now, Dan Goldman... He was an impeachment uh, manager and uh, or lawyer, I should say, and uh, he's now a member of Congress. He's the guy who tried to feed uh, the, the the Hunter Biden associate. I forget his name right now. That you know, Hunter Biden wasn't selling access; he was selling the illusion of access. Well, the the associate never said the illusion of access. It was Dan Goldman who said in a closed-door hearing, this guy said, well, maybe. And then Dan Goldman and others went around saying, no, it was just the illusion of access. Dan Goldman has been falling on the sword for the Biden administration and really looking uh, the, the part of the fool. And in this, in, 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 the, in the latest, um, he is now engaged in a conversation about the laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop. And I'm going to just let you listen to this back and forth between Representative Goldman and Mike Schellenberger, where Dan Goldman questions whether the laptop that's been authenticated Remember the New York Post had the story about the Hunter Biden laptop and Twitter and other social media outlets refused to talk about it. Uh, All these so-called experts signed a letter saying that all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation, that was all a lie to absolutely persuade the American people to try and win an election. They have no shame, no decency, and that's why people like John Brennan and a host of others cannot be trusted. They signed this letter. It was a total fraud. It was a lie. Dan Goldman believes that that laptop isn't legitimate. Check this out. Um, You've talked about the Hunter Biden laptop and how the FBI knew it existed. You are aware, of course, that the uh, laptop, so to speak, was actually that was published in the New York Post was actually a hard drive that the New York Post admitted here was not authenticated as real. It was not the laptop the FBI had. You're aware of that, right? It was the same contents. How do you know? Because, because it's the same. I mean, it's, you would have to authenticate it to know it was the same, same contents. contents. You have no idea. You know, hard drives can be manipulated. Are you suggesting the New York Post participating in a conspiracy to construct the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop? <laughs> no, sir. The problem is that hard drives can be manipulated by Rudy Giuliani or Russia. Well, what's the evidence that that, that happened? happened? 
Well, the there is actual evidence of it, but the point is it's There's not no the evidence thing. Thing. So you're engaging in a conspiracy. I'm glad theory. you agree. That's nuts. Now, it goes on from here, and I'll share it. We are still trying to pretend that the thing that we know is true isn't true. We know that the laptop was real. We know that the contents were legitimate. We know whether you want to talk about the New York Post having the story dead on, right from the beginning, or you want to talk about how the Washington Post and the New York Times finally came around two years later. It is, it is taken as true that the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop, which were abandoned there at that uh, computer shop uh, in Delaware, legit. And there's Representative Goldman still trying to tell everybody that they're not legit. How does that happen? Why do people go down these roads? And then Goldman wants to try and, I think, change the subject. I'm glad you agree with me, Mr. Schellenberger, that transparency is the most important thing. And my last question for you is, do you think it would be transparent if Hunter Biden came to this Congress and testified in a public hearing and more transparent than if he testified privately? It's I mean, literally, I've never thought about that. I have no idea. You don't I've know? literally never thought about is that. public testimony more I mean, transparent than private testimony? Hour. Are you familiar with the First Mr. Amendment? Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Congress shall take no action to abridge freedom of speech. Yeah. And that's what you just described. Mr. Sullivan. Now, I think that's a little bit of inside baseball about Hunter Biden testifying, who has now said that he's going to testify publicly and not behind closed doors. I would like to see him testify publicly always. Always be the case. But if he wanted to testify behind closed doors, would someone like, someone like Dan Goldman be opposed to that? Because that way he couldn't manipulate the conversation like he did regarding the Hunter Biden associate and the illusion of access? I don't know. There's a lot going on in the world. And a lot of madness right here in our own nation. I expect George Santos to be out by the end of the day. And I expect that by the end of the day, Dan Golden will say something else that embarrasses him. Now, as for what Elon Musk said, well, that's not embarrassing. I think it might very well be a call to arms. I'm Tony Katz. So this is either Elon Musk having an out-of-body experience or this is a nice look into the psyche or really a nice look into what it means to have blank you money. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-468-8669-833. Got Tony, that's the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Uh, Musk is appearing on this this panel, this event that takes place, uh, uh, the, the Deal Book Summit, I think it's called, and he's on a stage with um, uh, Sorkin. Uh, is it Adam Ross Sorkin? Andrew, Andrew Ross Sorkin of, of MSNBC. And he he starts with a conversation that look this this tweet that I post that I reposted uh, that that was foolish of me 
of the 30,000 things I've said on, on uh, X, uh, Twitter, it's the dumbest. And it was this uh, conversation that somebody put forward that they don't have any sympathy uh, for for Jews uh, regarding Israel and the attack by Hamas, because after all, Jews have been pushing anti-white propaganda for years. Now, that's simply untrue. But you can argue that groups like um, the Anti-Defamation League were in league with groups like Black Lives Matter, and Black Lives Matter is a, just a matter of course, a Marxist organization that absolutely believes in the disintegration of Western culture. But there's a a great problem with those uh, people, those groups, those organizations. We're in this together. We're in the fight. We're progressives together. And then, uh, oh my gosh, where 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 are they when when you're attacked? We'll get into that. I'll get into that coming up. But um, Musk had had responded to this tweet that said, "This is the truth," and said, "Look, I was referring to." specifically groups like the Anti-Defamation League and others, that was a mistake of me to retweet that. I was wrong, and I apologize. I don't think Andrew, uh, Andrew, I, I don't think that, that uh, Elon Musk is an anti-Semite. I just don't, don't think that to be true. But then the conversation got to the advertisers. Of course, there's a massive push to get the advertisers to drop Twitter uh, X, uh, to lie about what it is that uh, they're doing in terms of their algorithm. Uh, and And this idea... That, look, uh, if you want a platform of your own uh, to spew your nonsense, go create your own platform. Well, the political right did that, and then we were told, oh, you can't have that platform. Sorry, remember Parler? Gone. Goodbye. We'll take it off. The, we'll take it off. You know, service. No, no, no. Yep, yep. Guess it didn't work. You can't have that. So then Elon Musk buys Twitter, and now the plan is you have to destroy Twitter. You have to destroy Elon Musk. So what Andrew Sorkin is asking is, you know, you've got this attack on the advertisers and, and the things that you're posting on, 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 the, on the platform. I mean, don't you feel you have a responsibility? And I, I don't think something snapped in Musk. It's just, it's just a much different mindset than most people have in their business. And I've edited it, but uh, uh, producer Carl, Carl's in t- uh, today. Uh, just finger on the dump button uh, just, just, uh, just in case, if, if you would. You hope, uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's gonna try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go self. But, go yourself. <laughs> Is that clear? Now it's edited, but he's saying go blank yourself. If you wanna blackmail me, yeah, we'll advertise, but you have to do this, 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 and this. Go blank yourself. And then he gets a little personal. I hope it is. Hey, Bob. If you're in the audience. That's Bob Iger. He's referring to from Disney. That is one heck of a thing to say. And he, I mean, Sorkin's trying to take him down a line. And then, like, I, Elon Musk, these are some weird answers for a moment there. Well, well let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't advertise. How do you think then about the economics of, of X? If, 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 if part of the underlying model, at least today, and maybe it needs to shift, maybe the answer is it needs to shift away from advertising. Um, if, if you believe that this is the one part of your business where you will be beholden to those who uh, have this view, 
What do you do? F Y. I, I understand that, but there's a reality too, <laughs> right? Yes. No. No. It, it, I mean, Linda no, Yaccarino's right here, and she's got to sell advertising. Absolutely. So, um, no. No. Totally. So. So. No. No. Actually, what what this advertising boycott is uh, is is going to do? It's it's going to kill the company. And you think that? The I, I, but, and the whole world will know that those advertisers killed the company, and we will document it in great detail. But there are, those advertisers, I imagine, are going to say. They're going to say we didn't kill the company. Oh yeah. They're going to say tell it to, the, tell it to Earth. But they're going to say that they're going to say Elon that you killed the company because you said these things and that they were inappropriate things and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform. Right. Let's that's see. that's and, what and they're going to say. And let's see how Earth responds to that. Now, admittedly, that, that that's a bit heady, and I'm pretty sure he, uh, smoking a, a a joint with Joe Rogan wasn't the first time he's done that. Um, Earth has a tendency to forget. People have a tendency to forget things. But we should be clear that the objective here is to destroy anything from the political left they can't control. That seems pretty obvious. The argument that things have gotten crazy on the platform, look at all the bigotry on the platform. There's been bigotry on the platform for as long as anybody's been on the platform. There's always some lunatic. There's always something awful. It's what happens in a free speech society. And I agree that there are brands that are protective and they don't want their their brand associated with certain content. I get that. But if Facebook is okay, but X is not, that's weird. On MSNBC, and what is this I hear that they've dropped Mehdi Hassan, they've dropped his show? I guess that happened. They're going to give some other a bigot uh, two hours. But Mehdi Hassan, he's, uh, his show is now uh, gone because of a weekend lineup revamp. Interesting. Um, MSNBC puts people on who support Hamas every day. Every day, every day, they call the Republican Party a threat to democracy and they need to be re-educated. Conversations that will curl your toes. Um, what, do you, what do you think we should do about that? The advertisers don't stop. Only when it comes to things that are politically right. So I like... Elon Musk saying, go blank yourself. But I would like it more if other people came in to advertise and supported the platform. I'm Tony Katz. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. in the entirety of the conversation regarding Israel and the terrorist attacks on Hamas, there's been one massive ingredient left out of this. And that, of course, is why are feminists such garbage? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Are you a feminist? 
have you spoken out against the rape of women by Hamas? Then you're garbage. Why am I listening to you? Why am I respecting to you? Respecting you? Why? For what reason do you think you matter if you'll stand up for uh, Blasey Ford? Oh my gosh, look what uh, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh did to Christine Blasey Ford at a party that nobody was at, that nobody remembers, and clearly was a fabrication. But believe her, but women raped by Hamas, bleeding as they're taken into custody, as they're taken as hostages, or as they're left to die. And women in the United States, feminists feel the air quote, are not outraged. That's garbage. Those are garbage people. Let us be clear about this and let us have a moment of grace for the people who didn't realize that their fellow travelers are nowhere to be found in the travels because they were never fellow travelers. You were the fool. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Let's start with Marco Rubio. Because Marco Rubio had an exchange with Medea Benjamin of Code Pink. Code Pink is a communist organization. Oh, we want peace here. We want peace there. Uh, no, they never met a despot they didn't like. These people are communists. These people are absolutely silent when it comes to brutality. And this was the exchange. Senator Rubio, will you call for a No, I will not. On the contrary. Are you filming it? I want you guys to get this. I want them to destroy every element of Hamas they can get their hands on. These people are vicious animals who did horrifying crimes. And I hope you guys post that. And that's what about position. the civilians that I blame are being Hamas. killed every day? Hamas should stop hiding behind civilians, putting civilians in the way. Hamas knew that this was going to lead to this. So Hamas has stopped building their military installations underneath hospitals. So you don't care that 15,000 have died? You don't care about the babies that are I being care. killed every day? I care. I think it's horrifying. Day. I think it's yeah. terrible. And I think Hamas is 100% to blame. That's what I think. Make sure you post that, please. Hamas is 100% to blame, and Senator Rubio handled that beautifully. I want to focus on woman hater Medea Benjamin. First, commie pinko loser. I have no place in my heart for communists. I mean to speak with the strength in which I am. This is not somehow coming through your radio incorrectly. She's a terrible, awful, despicable person like everybody associated with Code Pink because they don't look to Hamas and say, stop with the murder. They don't care that women were raped. They don't care that babies were killed. It doesn't matter. It is only Israel that is the problem because when your life is predicated on the Marxism, on the idea of the occupied and the occupier. It is the same thing as the 99% and the 1% that Barack Obama talked about. It is the same thing as the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. It is all Marxism. So how can one have any level of clarity, certainly any level of morality, when one's entire focus is built on, well, these are the oppressors and these are the oppressed. Israel is not the oppressor. Israel got attacked by a terrorist organization that wants every Jew dead. Medea Benjamin doesn't give a damn what happens to those Jews, especially the women. It's okay if they get raped, according to Medea Benjamin. I mean to say these words. Please don't think that somehow I'm engaged in some level of hyperbole. I mean every word that I say. Based on her questioning and based on her response to Senator Rubio, so you don't care about 15,000 children. I care that you're paying attention to Hamas for numbers of the dead when Hamas can't be trusted, but you don't pay attention to Hamas when they engage in rape because you don't give a damn about women, Medea Benjamin, you despicable garbage person. 
I mean every word of what I say. It is remarkable that the women of the United States have been silent. Susan Sarandon's going to go out there and march for the Palestinians. She's not marching for Palestinians. She's marching for Hamas. Cynthia Nixon, the actress, she's going to have a hunger strike, not for the Palestinians, but for Hamas, and doesn't care that women got raped. Everything they've said about feminism is a lie. Feminism was this, this kind of portal regarding the progressivism, which is to say the Marxism. You see it. You see it, you can visualize it, you can understand it. It cannot be more clear. And you recognize what a problem this is because as we've stated from the beginning on day two, this is not about Israel's existence. This is not about the existence of Jews solely. It is not about Israel or Jews solely. This is about Western civilization. This is about how you live, how your family lives, how you function. That's what we're talking about. That has always been what we're talking about. The problem is everybody else out there doesn't seem to want to deal with the reality. We deal with reality all the time. That's why we're first to everything because we recognize what is, not, not uh, fantasize about what we want. That brings us to the UN where at the United Nations, uh, was it United Nations Women? Is, is that what they're called? The UN Women's Group, UN... Uh, it's a group called UN Women, dedicated to gender equality and the empowerment of women. Well, one of those women gets asked a question about, well, why aren't we condemning Hamas, ladies? Reason though, Sarah, that you can't specifically call out Hamas and the mounting evidence now over seven weeks that Israeli investigators have collected that we've shown our viewers about the atrocities they committed specifically on October 7th, because I think that's the crux of the issue here. It's not just condemning sexual violence against women and in any war in general. It's specifically what occurred on October 7th, perpetrated by Hamas. Indeed, UN Women always supports impartial, independent investigations into any serious allegations of gender-based or sexual violence. And within the UN family, these investigations are led by the Office of the High Commissioner of Human Rights. And just to provide a little bit of context in terms of UN women's role, UN women specifically provides and has extensive knowledge on gender-based violence and provides and supports investigations as we do with all UN investigations. And so consequently, in this context and within the UN system, it is the Independent International Commission of Inquiry, which for us has the mandate to investigate all alleged violations. Her name is Sarah Hendricks. She is the Executive Deputy Director of UN Women. And is she making the argument that when the Israelis say these women got raped, their argument is, well, it's not verified. They'll accept the Gaza numbers, which is Hamas numbers regarding dead children, but they won't accept the Israeli military or the Israeli government saying these women got raped. What the hell happened to believe all women? And you're going to wait for a group of men to come down with some decision before you as women stand up for other women? Feminism is a lie. Progressivism hates women. How do we know this? How, Tony Katz, do you make such a statement? I don't know. Leah Thomas, anybody? 
You allow men to say they're women and uh, compete against women in sports, take their spots on teams, keep them out of scholarships and other things like that. You allow men to say they're women and you name them women of the year, thus marginalizing women and erasing the concept of women. And you wonder why I say progressives hate women. There's nothing to wonder. You've told us. All I did was notice. The progressive's problem is that we're right and they're wrong. We see them and they're pretty pissed off about it. They're disgusted by it. They can't believe it. Progressives hate women. Do you hear me, suburban soccer moms? You're going to vote for Joe Biden again? They hate you. Don't you get that they hate you? And they hate your daughters. But you're going to vote for them because abortion. Do you realize at this stage of the game how absolutely ridiculous you are with this conversation? Abortion is your number one subject? Are you nuts? They're erasing your daughter and they'll erase you next. And women get raped in Israel and the UN women say, well, we don't have any data on that. We have to wait till the men tell us what to think. You want, we want, we now know who the Stepford wives are. You're going to vote for that. You're going to be down with that. You're going to be down with Medea Benjamin. Oh, the 15,000 people killed in Gaza. No consideration for the rape of women. No consideration for the existence of Israel and wait till they have no consideration for the existence of you. Oh, wait, we're already at that stage. This brings us to Mayim Bialik. Mayim Bialik uh, was Blossom for those of us of, of a certain generation. And Mayim Bialik uh, was uh, Big Bang Theory. Uh, what, uh, Farrah Fowler. I forgot, I forgot her name on the show. I, for, I, for, I honestly forgot her, her character. She's also one of the hosts in Jeopardy. She is Jewish. She's outsmoking. She is uh, wicked bright. I don't think she's a great Jeopardy host. I just don't think it's for her. I think there are a lot of other things she's capable of. It just, it never seems to, to flow. For me, my, my take. She wrote on X, there has been an abhorrent and conspicuous absence of women's organizations around the world unequivocally condemning the systemic rape and torture of women on October 7th by Hamas. Brutal gang rapes, sexual torture, and murder of fetuses happened, period. Where are the believe them voices? This is where the grace needs to come into play. Because it must be something for a lot of progressive women. And, and you, you could argue, I guess, Jewish women uh, in, in this case, but I, I think, I think we'll, we'll just expand it out just for the sake of the conversation, guys. It must be something to learn that their fellow travelers were never traveling with them. She writes, these crimes against women were in many cases documented by the terrorists themselves and broadcast for the world to see. Those of us who have fought for women's rights and have sought to shout from the rooftops when women's bodies are being used in war for the sadistic pleasure of perpetrators are astounded at how the world has been silent surrounding this. And then she writes, progressive feminists of the world, where are you? It must be something to learn that they never existed. That it was all a lie. That the idea that they actually cared about women was never, ever, ever real and never shown. 
What they cared about were progressive causes that helped bring about the elimination of Western civilization because that's the only thing progressive causes actually bring about. They don't care that Jewish women get raped. How could they care that Jewish women get raped? Israel's the oppressor. Therefore, the oppressed are just fighting back, which means the women deserved it. Said differently, those Israeli ladies, their, their uh, skirts are just too short. This is what they're telling you, Mayim Bialik. And I can appreciate that it is astonishing and angering and frightening to find this out. But Jews and Christians have found this out over the past six weeks. Seven weeks. Oh, no, no, wait, wait. October 7th. So we're, we're almost on two months. Seven weeks. Seven weeks. Um, they, they may have been astonished to find out that the people who have been screaming Me Too and the people who have been screaming for, uh, for, for uh, I, I don't know, what else do you want to call it? Uh, believe All Women. Um, they never believed in any of it. They never believed in any of it. It was just a tool to engage and attack to further uh, their political ideology. They never cared. Medea Benjamin doesn't care about Israeli women. Also, I would argue she doesn't care about women. The United Nations, the UN women don't care about women. They care about progressivism. And your so-called progressive feminists, your fellow travelers used you like the useful idiot with all due respect that you were. It's up to you as to whether or not you are. They used you. They used you and they're still using uh, uh, the, the, the useful idiots. Everybody who participated in the women's march, uh, Linda Sarsour, that Jew-hating bigot, useful idiot. You were. Now it's up to you as to whether or not you are. Every single woman on The View who isn't talking about the fact that women were raped and the world is silent, useful idiot. Sonny Hostin on The View complained that when the hostages are returned, all we do is focus on the Israeli families. What about the Palestinians? You know, many of these prisoners, they're actually hostages themselves. None of that is true. The people who've been arrested by the Israelis were planning terrorist attacks, engaged in terrorist attacks, or they were engaged, for example, in stabbings. And one report says, well, yes, uh, this woman tried to stab uh, Israelis, but it's not like she actually stabbed anybody. That's an argument. That is like having the building on fire behind you and CNN saying it's a mostly peaceful protest. It must be terrifying to learn that you are alone but you're not alone. It's just that the feminists were never actually feminists. They're progressives, and by definition, they don't care about women, they care about their ideology. Because women who do not fall into what is considered acceptable clearly deserve what they get. No humanity. And so now, ladies, what's your plan? Are you going to continue to follow this feminist nonsense garbage? These people who treat you like garbage and therefore admit to yourself that yes, I'm garbage, I'm gonna follow these garbage people or are you going to stop? 
recognize their bigotry, recognize their hatred, recognize their violence, and how much they hate women. And then go the other direction and head towards people and attract people who don't hate women and don't think it's okay for terrorist organizations to rape women and for a world to be silent about it. And while you're doing that, ask yourself, you're going to vote for the abortion people or you're going to vote for the people who actually think there's a difference between women and men and that women should be noticed and protected? The choice is totally up to you. I'm Tony Katz. So on Giving Tuesday, people gave $3.1 billion, but the number of donors was down about 10%. Maybe the idea of having one day where you're everyone's sending an email saying, give me money, isn't the best way to raise money. I mean, that's what it signals uh, to, to me. Also, this has to do with the economic issues that we're seeing in the country, which, yes, are still real issues. And I know that the numbers are odd and strange. We talked about them. But this whole Giving Tuesday thing as part of the holiday season, I honestly don't know if it can last, but I think the the charities desperately want it to continue. Seems a bit obnoxious at this stage of the game. This is Tony Katz Today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So note my confusion which I see as a series of conflicting numbers. And I think that many people would consider also these to be conflicting numbers at the first, at the quick. Maybe people who are in the know, smarter than I am, don't see it as conflicting. They see it as, well, telling a story. But when you show me that the Eurozone, meaning the European uh, world, uh, they see inflation sinking to 2.4%, which was below expectations, you think that inflation is working its way down. But then you see that in the United States, that what the Fed views as their quote-unquote favorite gauge shows inflation up 0.2% and 3.5% from a year ago, 0.2% in the month of October. You're like, Europe is going down, but we're going up. And I'm told that a lot of people went holiday shopping, and now I've got the Wall Street Journal telling me that consumers pulled back on spending in October. Was that so they could make it up with Black Friday deals? Or am I not getting the full story on the Black Friday deals? This is our confusion, and we got to work our way through it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Dr. Matt Will joins us. He is an economist at the University of Indianapolis, a professor, a man who tries to teach younger people how to be smart. Let's start with what's going on with inflation in Europe. Eurozone inflation sinks to 2.4%. Core inflation fell to 3.6% from 4.2%, providing fuel for expectations, as CNBC writes it, that the European Central Bank might engage rate cuts. 
What's happening in Europe? Well, first of all, they're not going to engage in rate cuts. That's 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 silly spe- speculation because the addicts on Wall Street want lower rates. But what's happening in Europe is what's not happening here. They actually have laws that say how much you can deficit spend. Now, countries like Greece violate it all the time. Uh, currently, France is violating those rules. But there are rules that a country in the European Union cannot spend more than, I think it's 3 or 4% of their GDP on debt every year. They can't go deficit spending. So they're actually trying to get it under control. The central bank is telling France and other countries, cut your spending. So there's actually a concerted effort. I don't know if it'll succeed, but there's an effort to control spending in Europe by the government. That's not happening here. So Europe, led by Germany, by far the biggest and most powerful economy in that continent, is under control more than we are. I was told by the Biden administration, Dr. Will, that other nations dream of having our economy, that our inflation is lower than theirs. They wish it was this low. Now I'm being told that their inflation is lower. How did that switcheroo happen? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I don't understand math because Biden believes that 2.4 Europe is higher than the U.S. 3.5. So 2.4 is higher than 3.5. This is new math. This is socialist new math, that somehow 2.4 is higher than 3.5. I don't know what world we're living in, but this is the world we have. But it, but it goes to this conversation of there's a manipulation of data. When Joe Biden and his team make this argument, and I've discussed this on this show, that no one cares what the situation is in Europe. They, they don't care what that is. They care about what's happening at their kitchen table. So it's interesting to hear them squawk about being lower than Europe when right now they're not because we're being told that the personal consumption expenditures price index, which is a mouthful, young man, excluding food and energy, rose 0.2% for the month and 3.5% on a year-over-year basis. This, according to the Commerce Department. Explain to me what this is. Well, this, and you don't want to look at the 0.2 number. You want to look at the 0.3, which is disposable personal income. It's how much you have in your pocket to spend. If you have income, but it's taxed or taken away from you, that's not really the relevant number. So it's more the, the 0.3 number if you look at the report. That's simply the amount of money that citizens have in their pocket to spend. And the amount of stuff that they buy with that money is up 0.3% annualized. That's, you know, 3.6%. So it's, it's the CPI, which we always talk about, Tony, that's okay. But this is what the Fed really looks at. They like to look at this number because it is what you, the person on Main Street, has and what you're spending. So it's a much more accurate number in their opinion and in mine. So you call it a more accurate number. Let me give you a little bit of what we know. Goods prices, the things that we buy every day, saw a 0.3% decrease while services rose 0.2%. International travel, healthcare, food services, and accommodations. And in goods, gasoline did grow and then other things went down. This number, though, you're calling it 0.3 because you're talking about 3.5% from a year ago. That's where you get the 0.3 number, correct? Yes. So the question is, why is this gauge, which, uh, again, um, the personal consumption expenditures price index, why is this a gauge that the Fed likes more than uh, just uh, unemployment numbers? 
Well, again, you know, let me let me say one thing. We probably spend too much time microanalyzing the numbers. We probably need to wait and look over a few months what the trend is. That's much more meaningful than looking at a, at a snapshot. And that's what the Fed does. The Fed looks in a snap or over time. They don't look at one microscopic number. And they like this number, like I said before, because it is truly reflective of what's in your pocket and what you're spending. The CPI comes from this basket of goods. I think they created it in 1972. I think the stuff we're purchasing today is different than 1972. So the Fed says, we don't care what you're buying. Let's just see what you're spending. We don't care what you're spending it on because the CPI is a basket of goods, like maybe VCRs are in there. I don't think so, but it's a basket of goods. Disposable income is the cash in your pocket and what you're spending. And that trend, if you look at the current dollar, PCE is going up. It's been 0 0.4, 0 0.4, 0 0.3. It's not in a good direction. It was half that number five months ago. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. And I said, by the way, I said unemployment numbers. I meant consumer price index, producer price index. I, for whatever reason, said unemployment. I apologize for that. Talk to me why this is this is bad. Personal consumption expenditures. This, this would signal to, to me that people are buying stuff. That should be a good thing. You're arguing that they're spending more for the stuff. Yes. And in fact, the Wall Street Journal agrees with me, and Amazon disagrees. You, you cited this the other day when we spoke, and you just said it a few moments ago. The Wall Street Journal, this is confusing. We always talk about this. It's a confusing economic picture right now that the Wall Street Journal says October spending, holiday spending coming up, it's not as robust as we thought. Yet you heard the other day Amazon saying, oh, the best Cyber Monday they've ever had in history. What's, what, how do we reconcile the two? It's very simple. I've seen this for decades as I do interviews on this. Every holiday season, the retail establishment wants you to be optimistic so you'll buy. Amazon is misleading you. The you know, retail federation, shopping federation, they're misleading you. You have to look at the actual numbers after the holiday season, and the first look from the Wall Street Journal is not good. So that's just part of my conversation with Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. You can find the full thing wherever you get your podcast. We'll have it. We'll have it up there. Uh, you can find it at TonyCats.com. We'll have it there as well, of course, because we have everything there. Um, I think it's important because I, I think that when you are playing politics with the economy, people will never give them a, a moment. They'll never give a, 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 an inch. Everything that they like is great and everything they don't like is evil. As opposed to a real assessment of the situation, our argument here uh, for uh, over a year now is that this is a very confusing place. This economy is very, very odd because what we see anecdotally doesn't connect to where the numbers are. We saw CBS. At one moment, they said the economy is, is going strong. And literally, these, these were tweets that they put out, right? Posts on X. They mentioned that it costs over $11,000 more to have the same standard of living you had in 2022 and 2023. How do those two things coexist? And so this is, this is why it's important to take a look at the data, to try our best to understand the data, and never, ever, ever pretend that something is bad when it's good or good when it's bad. Don't lie. We are all in this. 
Now, yes, I believe there are policies that will make things better and certainly less spending will make things better and less spending is the key to all good things. It it is. Less spending is better. But we have to take a look when things are working and, and, and when they're not. And we have to take a look at what policies work and which ones don't. Not because we want them to, not because we don't want them to, but the realistic view of what's happening. There's not enough realistic view of what is happening. If you ask me, you know, and, and I'm willing to wait to see what the data says, I'm still there that this, this spending situation is, is not good. That people are spending more and, and getting less, I believe, is the case. And then, I didn't even get to go over this with Dr. Will. Did you see the story about doom spending? That, doom spending. I mean, you, you hear something like that, and you're like, what the? Doom spending, son of a gun. That is not something (laughs) that I in any way expected to hear. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. You are not wrong, Michael Palin. That was Michael Palin. Yeah, that was Michael Palin right there. Um, Doom spending is the idea that you say to yourself, well, everything's going to crap. Might as well have a new TV. Doom spending. Look, everything is a disaster. Might as well have some shoes. I mean, that's that's what what it is. You're worried about everything. You're stressed out about everything. Oh, my gosh, the money issues. Oh, my gosh, the credit issues. Well, my credit's shot anyway. Boop. Might as well have a new wardrobe. That is, that, that, is, that is a really bad idea. Really super bad idea. Super duper bad. Oh, so very bad. But what if that's what we're seeing? of all Americans, according to uh, Intuit Credit Karma, are concerned about the state of the economy, but more than 25% are spending money despite economic and geopolitical concerns. So now take a look at all of that Black Friday shopping. We haven't even gotten to the question of exactly how much of this was put on credit cards that people don't plan to pay off anyway. Credit card debt is over $1 trillion. I think it was $1.08 in the last quarter. $1.08 trillion in credit card debt. Rather than cut expenses, 73% of Gen Z say they would rather live in the moment. They expect a bailout, don't they? Come on, you know it. Just like our student loan debt, you should have to pay for my credit card debt. Why Why shouldn't I have that Frappuccino? Well, because it's 600 calories and you're already pretty pudgy. Oh, no, wait, can you not say that? I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. Uh, no, turns out, turns out fat is not necessarily beautiful. 
I mean, you could still be uh, attractive, but but it, Lizzo's not pretty. Lizzo is ob- objectively Lizzo is not pretty. Although you might find her pretty. We could argue she's not healthy. That much we could agree with. We can't agree with that? Oh, fantastic. Can we agree that she kind of sexually abused her staff? No? Yes? We'll leave that for others. Oh, I I guarantee you they they think that everything's going to get paid off for them. But there's a really interesting thing here about giving up. You know, earlier uh, this week we had Noah Rothman on the show. And I don't agree with Noah on everything uh, politically. Not not, not at all, certainly on candidates and, and things like that, but it's one of the reasons I enjoy talking to him is because he's a thoughtful mind, even if I disagree. And it was this conversation, uh, you can go back and check the podcast, about nihilism, about how this younger generation has been you know, kind of lied to about everything. They're utilized as pawns and they're fully aware of it. And they're disgusted by it. How they've been treated not... You know, not like voters, not like people with with a mind and a thought to be convinced, but rather as people to be controlled and manipulated. Well, what if 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 that concept of of the nihilism? I pronounce it nihilism. Other people pronounce it nihilism. Uh, what if uh, that concept, uh, the, the the concept of the nihilism, has now applied itself everywhere? Eh, what does it all matter? Eh, somebody else will pay for it. Eh, I'm not worrying about debt. I'm not worrying about anything. I'm, I'm going to get my self-gratification right now because it's all about me in the moment, how I feel at the moment. It's a broadband world. I don't want to have to wait for anything. The world's uh, terrible. I might as well just enjoy myself now because that's all that matters, me, 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 right here at this moment. Uh, is that the ego beating the id or the id beating the ego? I don't remember. What I know is it's not a good way to live. Wait till you learn that self-restraint has rewards. As a matter of fact, is a hallmark of what? Adulthood. The concepts of restraint and the concepts of sacrifice as an adult in order to create something better down the road. That. You lose that. Dang. You lose a whole lot of you know what. I think these things do connect in a weird way. Uh, either way, it's not good. And what this signals to me is that, uh, yes, indeed, yes, indeed, I think we're going to see this economy is worse than we believe or worse than the Biden administration certainly wants to, to talk about. This is Tony Katz today. The gag order is back on Donald Trump. I, what is happening here? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on? This is a New York appeals court that reinstated the gag order. This is the civil business fraud case brought by the attorney general of New York, Letitia James, which is what she ran on. She campaigned on this. This is madness. You campaign on going after a citizen. You get elected. You go after a citizen. We're all supposed to sit back and think that this is normal this is obscene well the judge in the case had applied a a gag order and then there was a court that said whoa 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 you can't put a gag order on the man you put a gag order on on, on him uh, this is this is a violation of his first amendment rights you can't tell him he can't speak that's crazy and that was certainly, I think, the, the, the right decision. 
So now you had this four-judge panel uh, that looked at this, and they have overturned the appellate judge who had ordered uh, a, a stay on the, on the I think it would be a, a considered a stay, on the gag order while the appeals process played out. And now they're saying, oh, yeah, the judge in this case, Arthur and Gorin, can uh, impose the gag order because Trump made a derogatory comment about the judge's law clerk on social media. You can argue that Trump is saying things that are terrible, but it's different than whether or not he should be allowed to say things. And since we already know uh, that the ruling is that he's guilty, it's just going to be a question of how much. I mean, that was that was written on the wind. That it's already been declared. He, he he can't he can't notice that he's being abused. The people who talk about the rule of law, but are so silent about the abuse of the law. That's that is what's staggering here. And it's why I don't listen to them. It's why, and I, I would argue you shouldn't either. Until they admit that this is abusive, this is an elected official abusing their power to go after a private citizen based on nothing more than political favors to others. Oh, he got favorable loan terms because he manipulated numbers on, on a form. He lied about his personal wealth. Okay, let's say he did. Did the loan get paid back? Wouldn't that be the responsibility of the people giving the loan? The state's going to go after him? The loans got paid back. I'm not saying he's a great guy. I am saying I want to know where the where the victim is here. But she went after him because that's what she campaigned on. That's nothing to be proud of. The gag order is back in effect. This is Tony Katz today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This possibly is one of the best headlines of 2023. And just so perfect. Armed carjacking gang foiled because they couldn't drive Porsche's stick shift. There is nothing that makes America come together more than a stupid criminal. Absolutely nothing. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Yes, not even Taylor Swift. 833-468-8669-833. Got Tony, that is uh, the the number. Uh, The story, this took place in Maryland. Um, This group jumps out of their car, tries to steal a guy's Porsche. They actually pistol whipped the owner of a restaurant. But the guy who owns the Porsche, this this, this restaurateur, has a, a dash cam. This red car pulls up next to his. Um... They pull a gun on the business owner. So that happened. They pull a gun on him. Um, then it goes out of frame. They beat him up. They steal his phone. They steal his his passport. They do everything. There it is. He's trying to walk away. They beat the daylights out of him. And then... They realize they can't drive the car. 
And one of the guys in the car also had a gun. He's actually, you could see him pointing directly at the dash cam. He doesn't know he's pointing at, at the dash cam. Um, we could celebrate the fact that these people are morons and couldn't drive the car. And I would argue that teaching your kid to drive stick is pretty important. I think the story here is exactly how many more carjackings are we going to be dealing with? Because there's a lot of carjackings. There's an FBI agent who got carjacked. That's, that's saying something. We, right now, exist in a society where those who commit the crimes, A, think they're in charge, and B, well, are never prosecuted, so I guess they clearly are in charge. This is a serious issue. One that we're going to need good lawyers to deal with going forward. Sadly, uh, there, there are no good lawyers coming forward. Oh, I, I know the, the lawyers will be angry with me. And my answer is, uh, it's your fault. You're the ones who allowed law schools to get this way. You're the ones who don't push back. I mean, some of you are actually the law professors. What kind of job are you doing? By the way, I expect to be sued by tomorrow. That's the problem with with uh, the, the, the lawyers. When we talk about, I, I forget who said this. I thought it was an interesting thought. And this is why we have courts. So that would be my argument counter to it. But, you know, we say we're a nation of laws, but we're actually a nation of lawyers who create laws that benefit them. It's not too late to go to law school, kids. It's not too late to be a lawyer and fight back. And I am not advocating for getting for not going into the profession of law. I am advocating for people on the political right and rational people to go absolutely into the, the profession of law or at least have uh, the degree, at least pass the bar so you can engage in the fight properly. Paul Karen is the dean of the Caruso School of Law, Pepperdine. 58% of prospective law students want to attend a school with classmates of the same political views. Yeah, this permission, th this profession is you know what it. This profession is all sorts of messed up. And we know this is true in medicine. Medicine is messed up. Uh, you have med students who are taking uh, the, their, their oath, you know, do no harm. And what are they saying? We acknowledge that this uh, medical facility exists on stolen land. Wait till they learn that it's all stolen land. This whole idea of stolen land, it's all stolen land. It all belonged to somebody else at some other time. And then it didn't. And that's it. The United States is on stolen land of, uh, sure, uh, of Native American tribes. Now trace back to those tribes that then stole the land from other tribes. And go back and go back what is the argument here? Well, that it should be given back. That's not happening. So stop being crazy. As a matter of fact, I want to see how you make it happen. Start with California. Give California back to Mexico. Reconquista and all that. Go ahead. Give back California. First of all, many of us won't miss it. Look, I loved my time in California. I loved my time in California. And yes, the weather in Southern California is brilliant. I love the mountains. I love being able to hit uh, uh, Malibu and hit the beach uh, with, with my very young kids at the time. Take them to Big Bear and go sledding. We, we, we were broke when we lived in California, absolutely broke. And so we found out, we, we drove up there and got a cabin for like two days and the cabin was was sizzling hot garbage. Oh my God, it was terrible. Even the, the kids were young. They remember like, this is, this is dank. Um, 
but uh, we, we stayed in it, and we were like, okay, we know we can go sledding, tobogganing down the, down the hills and stuff. What does it cost? We didn't have we didn't have the money, but we just wanted to do something with the kids, and we learned that for five bucks a day, you can get a pass, you can park on the side of the road, and you can just walk up into the hills and go sledding. Oh, we bought we bought two <laughs> two days. And I have pictures of my oldest who must have been five, six, five, something like that. In a a, a sled, like, like a toboggan kind of sled, right? So pla- big sheet of plastic. Uh, and launched. Literally is in midair. And the, the toboggan, if you will, the sled is in midair. And, and, and my kid is in midair in the toboggan, right? Off the, the, the toboggan. I have that photo. I am not much uh, of a photographer, although I, I enjoy the idea of it. Um, it's it's the best picture I've ever taken in my life. And so much so that is the picture there and so good that I don't actually have a copy of it around. It's in my head. And I think of that every now and again. It's not like I think of it every day, but every now and again, that moment, that event hits my hits me. And I'm like, that was good. Didn't have a lot of money. I take that back. We had no money. I was trying to build a, a, a radio career. But we had that. I, I don't know if my kids remember it. I, I really don't. Maybe if they saw the photos, they'd remember it. I don't know if they view it in the same way uh, that, that I do. I, I view it as just this, my gosh. It, it's, it, it, it was like, it, that, that comes to me when I, when I think about dollars and cents. And I'm like, it's not about, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's not about the things. It's about the experience. Everything my kid was wearing came from Goodwill. Everything. The jacket and the mittens and that, it all came from Goodwill. Guaranteed, that's where my wife got it. Or from a garage sale. How else did the kids uh, get get clothing? Uh, There was not a new toy that my kids had until... Maybe they were 10. Couldn't afford it. Could not afford it. Everything came from a garage sale or Goodwill. Everything. I don't think they missed out. I don't think they missed out on on, on, on a childhood. I, I really and truly don't. And certainly, I, I, I hope not. So I enjoyed my time in California. But if they want to give it back to Mexico, they can give it back to Mexico. Let's see what happens. But are you going to give it back the way it is? Right? Reconquista. You're going to give uh, California back to Mexico the way it is? This stolen land? Or are you going to say, well, you can have it back, but you can't have any of the upgrades we made to it? No, no, no. You get it back the way we found it. Pull every piece of copper out of the ground, every pipe. Take out every road, every bridge, every airport, everything. You get it back this way. Enjoy. See, that's the way I would do it. If we're going to give back land, I give it back the way I got it. Of course the land was taken. It was won. It was occupied. It doesn't matter what you say. It's all Marxism garbage. This is the way it is. Right now, California exists. The United States exists. And the people who claim it's stolen land, you sound ridiculous. 
A recognition of history is important. It is not important for doctors taking the oath to do no harm. What's important is that they passed organic chemistry. And any med school who disagrees is a med school not worth its holy damn salt. And you say to me, Tony, you're not a doctor. You're right. So why is it that I know more about what's important regarding staying alive? How is that possible? It's possible because my mind is not filled with bullcrap nonsense regarding stolen land. Now that is a different point of view than maybe some people have. But according to this polling from Kaplan, as discussed by Paul Karen, the dean of the Caruso School of Law, 58% of pre-law students say that, quote, it's important for them to attend a law school where their fellow students generally hold the same political social views as they do. That's a mistake. That is a serious, serious issue and one that we should address. They're saying they want to go to a law school where everybody thinks the same way. Can I ask how anything is ever challenged in that environment? Because if they want that of the students who surround them, one would assume they want that from the professors who are supposed to teach them. And a conversation about the law would mean different perspectives about the law and different perspectives of what you can apply as a defense uh, in going about charging somebody, in engaging a conversation about theory, if you're surrounded by people who only think like you do, how do you get to challenge assumptions? Exactly the point. It is about eliminating other assumptions because there is only one right answer. There is only one way to think it. There is only one way to view it. We see this on college campuses all the time. We see this when they try to shout down or when they try when they're successful in shouting down conservative voices, not allowing Riley Gaines on campus. The, uh, I, I don't mean to get back to a conversation, but a man says they're a woman and takes a woman's spot on a swim team, changes in front of the women, makes them feel uncomfortable, and the women are told to take it. And then a woman like Riley Gaines comes on campus and says, I think that's wrong, and they think Riley Gaines is the violent one. Man, these progressives are messed up. As Evans say, it would explain not only wrong, but as wrong as wrong can be. 180 degrees of, uh, uh, in opposition of the truth, in opposition of reality. So since we know this to be true, and we've discussed this on college campuses, one would think it makes perfect sense that, that the law students are, are saying this. Now, I, I would look at this a different way as, as well. I think it is, it, is, it is possible, if not probable, that people want to be surrounded by those who they like and who like them, and that would usually lend to some level of uh, uh, agreement. And certain characteristics, etc., could lead themselves to hanging out with certain groups of people. Your religion means you, you spend more time at church, so you might spend more time around people who are Christian. That's not saying you have an opposition to spending time around other people. Um, if, if you are black, you might have gone to a historically black college and university, which means you may have more black friends uh, than, than white friends. Makes sense. I, I don't think there's anything odd about that. And there's only an issue if you're like, yeah, I don't talk. I don't associate with those others because those others, blah, 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 blah. That's the part that is the problem. 
the law students are saying, I don't associate with those others. And the others involve ideological, if you will, disagreement. They don't want to be challenged. When this survey was done in January of 2020, uh, as is reported, only 46% of, of students said this issue was important. That number is also way too big. Four and a half out of 10? Now it's nearly six out of 10. Six out of 10 law students do not want to be questioned. They want total agreement and total fealty. Yeah, we got a problem going into the future. I mean, we've got bigger problems. We have nobody to fix our toilets. Uh, I mean, honestly, if we're going to rank the problems, we've got the people who are full of crap, the lawyers, and then we have no way to flush the crap. We, we, we need plumbers. We need plumbers more than we need lawyers. We, we really do. We, we, good Lord, look at what we're ranking. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. The big debate tonight, Ron DeSantis versus Gavin Newsom. It's going to be on Fox. Sean Hannity, I believe, is hosting the thing. Let's talk about the big policy issues. It's a win for both of them. It's a loss for both of them. It all depends on how you want to look at it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, I think it's at, I think it's at 9 p.m. It's when it's happening. DeSantis has a bunch to lose because he can be made to look foolish by by Gavin Newsom, and that could be used against him in the conversation uh, regarding the debate that takes place on December 6th, the fourth Republican debate, where I think Vivek Ramaswamy is just going to get smacked around like it's his job. The story that Ramaswamy's national political director left the Ramaswamy campaign and now will be working for the Trump campaign, that's... That is a rough story. That is a rough story. I mean, Ramaswamy may be denying it, doing whatever, but whoo. Oh, that's, that's going to be a lot of fodder for Nikki Haley. A lot of fodder for Nikki Haley. So DeSantis definitely has stuff that he can lose, but DeSantis can also show that, look, my Florida is better than your California. Our policies are better than your policies, and therefore nationally they would be better for the country than what you have to offer Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom? gets to, you know, show how charismatic he is and show how good he looks in a suit and how cool, calm, and collected and make Democrats say, oh, yeah, he'd be a way better choice than Joe Biden. And we should engage for clarity. More and more, it is thought of that Joe Biden will be replaced on the ticket. And I think that makes uh, a, a lot of sense that people think this. Because Joe Biden, that more and more stories about him, more and more stories attacking him, more and more Democrats questioning him and it's driving him crazy but how do democrats think they're going to replace him this late in the game and how are they going to replace him with gavin newsom a white man when you've got uh the vice president kamala harris a woman of color right there that's going to create a lot of friction that's going to create some issues as to replacing biden it's democrats right like you guys always say it's the democrats they'll do whatever they want and it'll happen at the convention, and that will be that. And as for uh, the replacement, why in the world would you think that it's uh, Gavin Newsom or or Kamala Harris when clearly it's going to be Michelle Obama? Oh, God! What?
If you haven't thought about that before, you will now. Find everything at TonyCats.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.